Welcome to Quilt and Tell, where quilters who love all aspects of the craft, from traditional and contemporary to art and modern, share their passion and perspectives on all things quilty. I'm Tracy Mooney. I'm Lori Baker. And I'm Ginger Sheehy Hello, everyone. We are so excited about the show today. Our guest is Michelle Friedman. She is a quilt designer, and she also is a graphic design and marketing manager for Maywood Studio. We are so excited to have her as a guest and talk about her experience becoming a quilt maker. We also have, at the end of the episode, we're going to do a little PSA, and we're asking for your help, so stay tuned. How are you both? I'm doing well. How about you, Ginger? I'm good. I'm just glad to hear you're finally doing a little better, Lori. After <laughs> I feel like you've had a rough month and a half, maybe, or somewhere in there. And yeah. oh, I'm just so glad you're doing so much. You you seem much better, at least. I know you're still in the thick of it. But. Yes, we're still still waiting for that house to close, but uh, uh, everything's starting to fall into line. Finally. <laughs> yeah. Good. Oh, and Tracy, you look nice and relaxed, kind of, because you just got back off of your vacation, right? I did. It's my first day back. <laughs> I know and... that can be stressful, too, though, like coming back. Oh, gosh. I've been stressed since, since Friday. Oh, no. <laughs> I was really like, oh, God. Yeah, I got to go to work on Monday. I got to go to work on Monday. I did not get home until about 945 last night. Oh, wow. There was a delay with our flight, and then... <laughs> and, then, and then our Lyft driver got lost. Oh, no. <laughs> and then she almost ran out of gas. So it was like the longest Lyft oh, driver uh, drive. But it was she was hilarious and very funny. So it was fine. It's an adventure. <laughs> we, got home, we got home rather late. And, you know, after all that, you kind of have to relax. And then I was thinking, oh, gosh, I've got to be up early. So I ended up escaping and coming to the office today, even though I'm not usually here on yeah. Mondays, um, just because there was so much going on at home, I could not get any work done. Yeah. Yeah. So with all the, you know, dogs and one of our dogs is in surgery right now. Oh, and then, no. oh dear. Um, yeah. She has an abscess tooth. So she's needed oh, the surgery for quite a while, but the vet clinic that we go to got COVID. And uh, so they had to shut down for several weeks and then reschedule everybody that was during that period. And so, it's been forever. So, but all that's good. And um, I, I, I did, in fact, cry like I, I told you all in the last episode. We were on the plane. We were planning to land in Chicago. And my son was, I hope nobody that he works with is listening. He is supposed to work that day. So we were going to oh. take a lift to, to the house. And we land and they tell us all we can turn our phones on. And we got a text message from him saying, hey, um, give me a call when you land. And we're like, why yeah, is that work? And he said, eh, I, I, I had a migraine, quote yeah. unquote. Um, so he came and he picked us up. And Aww. I literally, like we're sitting, you know, taxiing to the, to the gate. And tears are streaming down my face because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to get to see him. And I hadn't seen him since Christmas 2019. Aww. Like, wow. literally, when you think about it that way, it was oh, yeah. Christmas before all this happened. He was supposed to come out last summer, and then he was supposed to come out in the fall. And because of COVID, none of that happened. So it was it was a lot uh, were you able to, like, enjoy yourself and be in the moment while you were there? Because I know that was, like, one of your oh. goals. 
Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I barely looked at my phone. Good. Good job. Yes. I just enjoyed being with them. Uh, We had the celebration of life for our friend Ken, which was completely emotional. But the wonderful thing from that was once the event was over, it was just family. And so it was just, you know, my kids and Sarah's kids who are, she has two boys who um, she was married to Ken and then his kids were there. Mm -hmm. And so I realized they were all my kids now, you know? And so it was emotional. I, by the end of the day, I was like, I was really kind of overwhelmed and getting choked up thinking about it, but um, because I just wished he was there. So, but that was lovely. And then I got to see Bryce, who's in Boston now. He's my my son, who's a mm-hmm. chef, and he came out. And he made us all dinner, oh. and he only got to stay for two days um, because that's all he's got off <laughs> as mm-hmm. a chef. And you know, I got to spend time with Zach and his spouse Aaron, and we just got to be, you know, mm-hmm. and so that was really very nice. And then we flew to North Carolina and I spent the week with my husband's family and did a lot of, it was a lot, it was too far to be away from them. You know, they're in their eighties and clearly need a little bit of help with some things around the house. So we spent the week doing household chores and then going to the pool. Oh, (laughs) good. Oh, I'm sure they appreciated that. Oh, it was, yeah. So it was, it was good. However, I did get to the Art Institute in Chicago. Nice. I saw you and you were so cute because you reached out to us and you were like, I made it. (laughs) Yes. I'm here. I'm here. I texted you guys from the exhibit. Oh, yes. We were there with you in spirit. (laughs) The Mesa Butler exhibit was amazing. So I convinced my husband to to carve out. We carved out about two or three hours that we could go. And Sydney came and my son Bryce, the chef, came with us. And Bryce... Had no idea what he was walking into. Oh, None, zero. And I'm sorry, I'm hogging the conversation. No, um, that's okay. <laughs> but, but so Bryce walks in and the first quilt when you walk in is Safety Patrol. It's this beautiful portrait of like one of those, remember the when mm-hmm. kids had to be like the crosswalker, you know? I was a Safety Patrol. Yeah, so he's a Safety <laughs> Patrol and he's got his arms out and he's blocking the way for the other kids behind him. And so in the exhibit, each quilt is on, you know, is displayed. And then on the on the ground, like in front of it, there's like a little ledge and there's um, a description of what it is, what the inspiration, if there's an inspiration photo, they show the photo, original photo. And then there's a song to go with every single quilt in the exhibit. And you can go to the Art Institute website and actually listen to all the songs. They've got all of the songs. And so Bryce had no idea what he was walking into. And so he's just like, whoa. And we're walking through and we get to about probably the fifth quilt maybe. And he's standing in front of it all by himself. And I walk up behind him and he turns to me and he goes, this is incredible. I have a question. (laughs) You see those swirls right there? Is she doing that on a long arm? And I was like, Nice. What did you just say? (laughs) (laughs) You just used the right words. Yes. Yes. In fact, that is the quilting. And she did it on a long arm. And and I could answer a little bit of what, you know, I Mm -hmm. knew. But 
at the end of the exhibit, I it got the the catalog, which is a gorgeous like fabric bound book that's made in Italy. It's gorgeous. Oh. It has all of the pictures and all of the stories. So I am going to be pouring over this book and, you know, really sort of learning a little more about her, how she works and, and the, the inspiration behind all of her quilts. Can't wait. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you had such a great time. Yes. That's awesome. Anybody else do anything fun while I was gone? No, I had the house to myself. It was a pretty amazing, well, almost to myself, because my husband went on a motorcycle trip uh, cross country. So he's uh, he's due back. He was supposed to come back Tuesday, but now because of rain, he might not make it back till Wednesday. So it's been pretty quiet here. And I actually got my studio kind of a little more organized and did some more sewing. It's so funny because I've been going back and forth between garment sewing and quilting. And I'm so proud of myself because I have been actually switching out my needles when I'm supposed <gasps> to. I'm not just Look using like you. a universal needle. I'm not like I've been using my Microtex needles. I even nice. like had to do a little leather stuff. So I went and got leather needles and uh, yeah. So anyway, I'm very proud of myself for kind of really starting to understand like the importance of it. Yeah. Except, oh, I'm so mad. I went back to a uh, Jersey. I was making a little tank top for myself. Got to change my leather <gasps> needle and uh, oh, completely no. demolished the, so I learned that lesson. Don't do that. <laughs> So anyway, it was it was a learning experience on that front. But I'm just I am. I'm so proud of myself. I feel like every time I'm getting behind my machine now or in front of my machine, I'm I'm up in my game and I'm understanding more and more like what everything is for. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Well, and I had an adventure this weekend too. Mm. I love history and we got to see a train engine that was built in the 1940s, if I remember right. It's called Big Boy, mm-hmm. and he weighs 1.2 million tons. Wow. That's huge. Oh well, he was named correctly. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I don't have the paperwork here in front of me, so I can't tell you the facts for sure, but there are only a few of them left. They didn't build very many to begin with, and most of them are on display, but this particular one is doing a tour this summer. Really? And it's wow. worth a trip to the nearest railroads if if he comes to your area. It, oh. it was amazing. Lori, do you think we can find a link and put it in the show notes? I'll give it a shot. Okay, yeah. cool. Nice. Cool, cool. That sounds amazing. All right. Are you guys ready to go talk to Michelle? Oh, I'm excited. Oh, my goodness. I can't wait. I know. <laughs> I can't wait. I love her. <laughs> I would like to welcome a very dear friend of mine to Open Studios today. Michelle Friedman is joining us. She is a quilt designer, and she's also the graphic designer and marketing manager for Maywood Studio. Welcome, Michelle. Hi, guys. Hi, Tracy and Ginger and Lori. It's so great to hear, see you all. I know. (laughs) I feel like we're having a reunion here. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you may recognize Michelle because she's been to some of our Zooms and she Mm -hmm. actually sponsored our International Quilting Day Zoom. Yes. And she was the designer behind the quilt that everyone got the free pattern for and that Ginger Lori and I made. 
That was so much fun. It was. I loved that. <laughs> it really was. Oh my goodness. I don't know. It was frustrating too because I know Ginger, Lori, and I have a tendency to send pictures to each other when we're working on something. <laughs> so it was really hard to not send photos. But it also was just so much fun to know that they didn't know what we were working on. <laughs> you yep. had me at secret quilt project. Um, yes. <laughs> well, and the fact that you nailed all of us as far as, because you picked out the fabric for us and everything. And, you know, I know you said you were kind of stalking us on on our, uh, you know, social medias and things like that. And you couldn't have done a better job if you had tried. Like, oh mm-hmm. my goodness, you did yeah. so amazing. I just, oh. Now I'm all yes. about the batik fabrics and I've just, I was never that way. So thank you. <laughs> Yay. We brought you over to the batik side. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh. We've embraced the B word. Yes. Oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, that is too funny. It was fun to stalk you because yeah. then I got to know you a little better too. And that really does help to to come up with the fabrics and the the personality of that quilt was so different in each of the fabrics mm-hmm. and uh, I loved doing that it was really fun yeah I, I still want to see the design that you designed for me that that didn't didn't pass the so <laughs> you should tell that story so <laughs> yeah well I, I I definitely consulted everybody and anyone here virtually however we did that back in the in in the during times I guess yeah mm. and I I needed moral support. I'm like, okay, here's what I'm thinking. And I would show all these different versions of it. And I, I think there were some points where my my coworkers were like, uh-huh. Yeah, okay, this is the four hundredth one you've shown us. Like, <laughs> <all of this." laughs> it's like just pick one. <laughs> yeah. So um, we we had a lot of fun figuring that out. And I I roped in anyone who I could, either over text message or if if there was someone here at the office, I was in and out of the office during the pandemic as the graphic designer, I need to use the printer and it's really big. Mm-hmm. So uh, couldn't, couldn't roll that one home. <laughs> so. Well, and you designed one originally for me that was like a cowboy design and it got completely nixed by your coworkers. And to this day, I still am like, I wonder what the cowboy one looked like. Ooh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. I, I need to show you that one. I was I was going for the Tracy's move from the big city out west. Uh, theme. I love it. Right. And, um, I think that's I I I don't have a crystal ball, but I'm gonna say this. Um, I feel like brown is trending. Mm. I don't know why I think that, but it just feels right again. And it just had browns, and it felt really earthy and western. And <laughs> well, that's sort of my go-to anyway. Most people don't mm. know I'm a secret cowgirl, which I don't <laughs> even know what that means, but I say it. <laughs> Maybe it's more of in my mind, that's how I see myself. But you know, I, I grew up in Southern California, and I live in Oregon now. I did a a ten year stint on the East Coast, but I think on the East Coast, I still felt that I was cowgirl. So I don't ride horses. I've never like lived on a ranch. It's just my like <laughs> who I see myself as. So maybe I it's my that. hair. Maybe it's that my hair looks like a woolly chap or something. <laughs> <laughs> They're very curly, very curly hair, and it's long right now. So for visual, for, for those of you listening who can't see me, it's it's the first thing most people see about me. I have very extroverted hair. So um. I love your hair, Michelle. I know. Yeah. It's beautiful. Does that mean that you feel like you're an introvert? I am an introvert, yeah. And your hair is an extrovert. Got it. Yeah, with extroverted hair. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's true. That's very true. Yeah. So I want to know a little bit about your background. And I mean, I know your background, but can you tell us how you started sewing and how yeah. it sort of transitioned into quilting? Yeah, I love to say that I started sewing and then I came out of the closet. So <laughs> it's literal. My grandmother's sewing machine was in her closet and <laughs> I would go to her house and we would go into her closet, which was a remarkable closet. Uh, my grandfather had a shoe store. So my grandmother had hundreds of pairs of shoes and wow. each one was labeled and each one matched a handbag. And that closet was amazing. I loved it so much. And we'd go in there and we'd sew. And then my mom would take over and started sewing apparel. Mostly I wanted to look like Laura Ingalls Wilder. So back yeah. to that cowboy thing. Mm-hmm. I sewed sunbonnets and aprons and ragdolls and anything that they would have needed on the prairie if they were out west. <laughs> and I dressed that way. We'll leave that there. But, um, <laughs> you know, I think I also really loved embroidery. So this is this is very young Michelle. This is five, six, seven years old. Hand sewing, machine sewing, embroidering, anything, dolls, faces. I had one pair of Levi's. I still have it, actually. I'll have to send you a picture of it, that I used beads, like Native American style, and I wrote my name down the leg. And then um, I have British family. So there's, you know, the guards at Buckingham Palace. Uh-huh. They are on the back pockets. And then there were trees <laughs> at the bottom. I just, you know, we're 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 all our, our own person when we're kids, right? We don't yes. have any, anything else to sort of judge or compare to. So I, that's what I did. I sewed as a kid and fast forward to high school. I had a little side gig making prom dresses for anyone who I could talk into letting me do it. It was more the kind of pretty in pink Molly Ringwald version of prom dresses. I had uh, discovered Goodwill and the time you could get these beautiful fifties prom dresses. And I would redo them or I'd make a lot of costumes for the school plays Mm -hmm. and I just kept sewing and by the time I got to thinking about college my very wise mother said you know what if you study fashion design and I thought you can study fashion design (laughs) like how is that a thing and we talked a lot about it, and that was my path to uh, going to art school. So I went to, um, at the time, I was living in L.A., so I went to Otis and then transferred to the New York School. Yeah, I went to uh, a fantastic program that has its own TV show now. It was not cool back then uh-huh. at all. <laughs> we were like the um, forgotten art students. They're like, oh, you're in fashion design? Oh, there was always that. So, <laughs> so it was actually the most amazing experience because being in a small program with other people who just want to sew and design and draw all day long and really learn the technical aspects of how to make a pattern and how to, you know, think as about a fashion business, um, whether it was, you know, a mass market business or a couture, you know, it was, it was boot camp for fashion designers. It was amazing. And so after school ended, I had a teacher who just saw something in me and said, hey, why don't you do a couple years at this costume shop down on Broadway? They do Broadway theater. They do the ballet. And it sounded perfect. I was I was pretty young when I graduated, so I wasn't quite ready to get that, you know, real corporate job. So his name was Gary Liz. And like Many, many of my friends back then, he did die of AIDS, which was really sad, happened to 
a lot um, at that time. But he introduced me to uh, Barbara Matera Limited, which was a costume shop. And it was really the perfect transition because I used all the skills I had learned in school and made costumes for just the most incredible shows. So Into the Woods, Anything Goes, you know, classic Broadway, beautiful ballets, ballets um, that Barishnikov were in. Maria. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Uh, it was heaven. So I may have seen those because <laughs> I lived in New Jersey at the time and went to the oh, ballet. Yeah. Was, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I made $8 an hour at that job. Oh, um, <laughs> I, to this day, can probably make anything out of Bisquick and Top Ramen. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's, yeah. have, let's have a challenge. Oh yeah, yeah. ketchup sandwiches didn't matter. Oh. I worked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was big with you the know. microwave popcorn. <laughs> it was many a meal <laughs> for sure. And, but in all of this, I had never made a quilt. So that's kind of the funny part about all of this. It was nothing that ever occurred to me. I had quilts. My cousins made quilts. I was oh, just doing costumes and fashion and um, really got into designing outerwear. It's almost like a quilt now that I'm looking back mm. and thinking about it. Um, that's what brought me to Oregon, actually. I was designing outerwear. I'm, there's years here that I'm, I'm sort of glossing over, but uh, there was a job at Nike and my sister lived in Oregon. I'm like, hey, I'll get Nike to fly me out for an interview. I mean, the ego of a 20-something, oh, right? Yes. <laughs> So I ended up designing outerwear for Nike, and that's what kind of brought me out back west again. And that when I came to Portland and ended up staying here, um, it's kind of inevitable that you're going to meet a quilter. I mean, mm. really, there we're one in ten, I think. <laughs> I don't know if that's a real statistic, but I'm making it up. And yeah, feels like it. Huh? <laughs> we're going with it. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna go with that. Uh, that was that's um, kind of my journey to to quilting. I had a friend come visiting visit me from New York. I was showing her around. We saw a sign on the street that said, just quilting. She said, what's that? I said, I don't know. She said, let's go look. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Why? And Aww. that was it. That was the moment. <laughs> I, I met Nancy Stovall and she invited me to a guild meeting and got there that night. And I was like, I found my people. Oh, found your tribe. Oh, that's awesome. It was amazing. It was really early on in the Portland Modern Quilt Guild days, and it was a small group of people. They were incredible, talented. They showed quilts that just blew me away, and I'm like, I want to do this too. So that's my quilt journey. Hmm. Uh, When did we meet, Michelle? Because we met, you started working for Generation Q, and I had already been working with them. What year was that? 2014? Yeah, I think it was, I want to say it was 2013. Ah, and okay. the reason I remember that is because the it, it was Market in Portland. Mm-hmm. And the morning of Market in Portland, I had run a half marathon, which if you know me is kind of a weird thing for me to do. <laughs> but I had, I had made a bet and I hated every second of it, but I was really... <laughs> proud of myself for doing it. So I ran the half marathon and then I was just starting my job with uh, Generation Q magazine. And then I went to quilt market and that was a crazy day. <laughs> I, re- I remember it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember it well. Yeah. Um, I had been to quilt market in 2008 when it was in Portland as well. I had gone the, a collection of um, quilt textiles that I had drawn and you know, I, I didn't know anything about the industry. I really had made maybe two quilts in my whole life. And I'm like, and I'm going to design a 
textile collection. And really, I think I went just because I wanted to meet Amy Butler and mm-hmm. Anna Maria Horner and uh, Denise Schmidt. And I fangirled like, you know, nobody's business. And I don't even think I showed the collection to anybody, but I was really excited to meet them. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> were they all with Free Spirit back yeah. then? Yeah, they, mm. they were. Yeah, that oh. and that was it, right? I was like, I want to get a collection with Free Spirit and be like, Denise and Amy and and the reason I knew about them is because I used a company in uh, Wappinger Falls, New York called the Design Library. And I had been up there, I was working for Ralph Lauren and the my friend who worked there, his name's Richard Weissman, said like, you remind me so much of Amy Butler. And I'm like, who's <gasps> Amy Butler? What a compliment. Yeah, you're not kidding. I wanted to meet <sighs> Amy Butler. I wanted to be Amy Butler and, you know, it was it was a really fun time. I I think that was the my first time I really learned about the industry and realized like this is what I want to do. And you're so making me feel like less of a dork because I feel like I geek out about that like every time we have somebody <laughs> on the show and everything. I'm just like, yay, somebody else gets geeky too. No, it's, <laughs> no doubt, it's kind of fun. It's kind of embarrassing. One time I was walking up Alberta Street. It's a street here in Portland, and I saw Jamie from Fancy Tiger. And oh my gosh, yeah! And I was like, oh, "It's the Fancy Tiger Girls." I said it probably twelve times that volume, and they they looked around <laughs> oh like, my gosh. "What is happening?" They they had actually just come from the airport and were just walking up the street to to go to uh, a fabric store that was on Alberta. And yeah, I I get embarrassed later after I do that kind yeah. of stuff, but it's. <laughs> Just love it. You're in the moment. I love it. it. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, you can you can meet a someone who does you know quilts every ten people here in Portland. So they they counted for two that day. Uh, well, and and we have to mention. I think you have the coolest handle. Like on your Instagram, it's the Stitch Well and Prosper. That is yeah, awesome. We all have to do the Vulcan. Yes. How did, how did you come up with that? Are you like a Trekkie fan or? I, I yeah, I'd like to say I was. So yeah, Stitch Well. And Prosper is, is, you know, kind of the Vulcan salute. I have maybe watched five episodes and probably four of those are the trouble with troubles over and over and over <laughs> yes. again. Um, but I, I was originally at design camp and I had for many years done summer sewing camps for kids here in Portland. And oh, nice. it just came to a point where I'm like, I want to change that. I'm not doing that anymore. I was working in a shop. I was um, running the same type of program through that shop. And I thought, well, my identity's changed a little. And I thought a lot about it. And I have a little antique sewing machine that says Stitchwell on it. And I'm like, oh, that's what I'll I'll call my Instagram handle. But there's 45 other Stitchwells oh. and none of them were willing to give it to me for like a smile and a handshake. So I um, immediately just kind of came into my head, Stitchwell and Prosper. And I'm like, oh, but that's a Star Trek thing. And and I I Googled it because we do that, right? Mm-hmm. And it turns out that the origins of this, that it was has to do with Leonard Nimoy's Jewish heritage. And oh. I thought, well, wait, that really fits. I'm Jewish and that is my heritage. And I loved his story about it. And I thought that's that sounds about right. That fits. And Oh, it fits so perfect. Yes, I love it. And then we can do the Vulcan hand sign, too, just Mm -hmm. because it's fun. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. So I am curious about how did you start working for Maywood Studio? Oh, that's a great question. I 
wanted to work for Maywood Studio for a long time. There is one job in Portland, um, the one I have now. It's the only one like it. And the person who had it before me had it for like 12 years. Oh, <laughs> so wow. I knew about Maywood Studio. I had designed quilts uh, with their collections and um, submitted them to magazines for a while. And I just really wanted to work for Maywood Studio. And I had interviewed a couple times and it just wasn't in the cards for those first few times I interviewed. And I saw a job come up for a customer service job. And I'd been working in a shop for a long time. And I thought, that sounds fun. I'm going to do that. And I called a friend of mine who worked here and she said, hey, you know, there's actually a graphic design job open and that might be even a better fit for you. So I was thrilled. I'm like, yes, that is, that's the perfect fit. That's the job I want. That's it. And, you know, just did my best to try to stand out and get it. And um, third time's charm. So I started here about three years ago and I I just love it. I get to do everything that I love every day with a team of about 10 people who are amazing and talented. And I get to be in the industry that I love and talk about quilts and textiles and sewing all day long. So I, I do get to design quilts here too, which is really fun. And that's one of the reasons why I think I got the job was because it's a skill set that I bring to the table here. I design quilts for the collections or designers that we have that um, maybe we license artwork from, but they don't necessarily know how to write a pattern. So it's it's one thing, one of the many things I love about my job is getting to design quilts. And I do about 21 a year. I, ca- I counted that recently. Mm-hmm. So which that's two a month and sometimes it's four a month and you know, it's panic mode, but um, <laughs> <laughs> then you get crazy podcasters coming and be like, Hey, can we throw some more work your way? <laughs> oh, no, no, that's, that's always fun. That, you know, that's the thing. Like if you say like, Hey, you want to do a quilt? Like there's never a no after that question. <laughs> <laughs> never. <laughs> so, so Maywood studio is a lot of fun. And then, you know, during the pandemic uh, we were working from home and I was, really um, trying to find ways to, to connect and um, have community. And our, our guild here in Portland had a class with a local artist named Anna Joyce. And Anna is a master dyer and the class was on ice dyeing. And I have done probably every kind of dyeing except I had never done ice dyeing. I'm, I'm that crazy person that was like, oh, an event for 4,000 people cool, let's tie-dye t-shirts. So <laughs> that's, that's just kind of the stuff I'd been doing. And I'd been kind of dabbling in some uh, natural dye and with the idea that I was going to build a garden. And then the pandemic happened and we had some terrible fires too. And I was just like, oh, it's going to have to wait. Um, I do have one now. But I took this class and actually was one of my very few pandemic social moments. Um, Susan Beal, who's West Coast crafty, mm-hmm. uh, lives in my neighborhood. And she came over and I'd set up tables six feet apart and we were outside and we took Anna's class and we dyed fabric. And I just, it was incredible. And Anna's an incredible teacher. She's got some great classes out there and uh, we bought kits from her and our, the fabrics just were beautiful and everyone's was so different. I just kept doing it. It was just that thing where I was like, oh, the sun's out. I'm going to go die. Or mm-hmm. what if I did it in the house on top of my oven while I'm baking bread and the ice would melt <laughs> that way. And I just kept experimenting with all these different ways to to use ice and use the 
Procyon dies and our art director here, Charlotte Flory, said, you know, hey, you, you should bring those in. Like, I, I want to see those um, in. That's a virtual in. I'm doing quote bunnies right now, mm-hmm. meaning <laughs> drop them off on her porch and she would take a look at them. You know, these pandemic times were really interesting as far as keeping our communities together. But she was inspired by them and scanned them in and made a collection out of it. So that collection hits shops in just uh, probably about a month in September. Oh, and so it's called cool. Fire and Ice because the sun melts the ice. And but it's uh, and then the um, artist who did all the repeats, I think I'll forever be in awe of because I think that was the first thing I said to her was, how are you going to put this in repeat? Like there's no... There's no pattern to this. It's it's so abstract. Yeah. And she's like, I got it, <laughs> which is wow. why she's so, so good at her job. So it's really exciting to have those translated because it's hard to cut into them. Oh. The dyed ones. <laughs> I've made oh, a, I bet. Yeah, I've made a couple close of them, but I every time I have to like say a little prayer and, mm. you know, give an offering to the like, you know, the, the ice fairies or something, because I'm like, (laughs) will I ever make a piece this beautiful again? But now I have some of the pieces that I died over that time period during the pandemic that are forever pieces. So yeah. Oh, it's, it's really exciting. What's your favorite part about your job? Oh boy. Um, what is my favorite part about my job? I think waking up every day and being like, I get to design quilts today. I get to do a catalog of these beautiful fabrics. I think my favorite part of my job is just that I get to do it. I I love my job. It's a very diverse skill set that somehow all lined up. So mm. I I think other jobs I've had it was more I used the skills I had. I I loved you know, working into design briefs, but this, I feel like I'm, it's more in my DNA. Um, I can be part of what happens. I can help influence what happens. I can help teach people about quilting. I can learn from my colleagues about the different aspects of the business. Um, and I, it's a business I'm, I've been curious about since really since 2008. And everyone here is an expert in this really interesting world that we are all part of. So uh, I work at E.E. E. Shank, too. Maywood's a division of E.E. E. Shank. So if, if I can describe this right, it's a gigantic warehouse full of fabric and sewing notions. I mean, we, wow. we have dreams like that, right? Like yes. we're lost. <laughs> so that's my everyday life is wow. wandering. So you went from growing up in a closet full of shoes yes. and beautiful bags to now you work in a warehouse full of fabric. You got the life, woman. <laughs> I think I'm in that same closet. It's just like a TARDIS now, right? Yes. <laughs> oh, even better. I think, I think you're on to something, Ginger. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. it. I Lori, love did it. you ever get to do the tour of E.E. E. Shank when you were in Portland for Quilt Market? No. Oh. oh. Is it awesome? It's amazing. Yeah, but it see, I also awesome. I also had Michelle as a tour guide, so ah. <laughs> so it was just mind boggling. So when market is in Portland, you actually do an event in in the warehouse, and we're able to shop the shelves. <laughs> like, oh. It is incredible. 
is incredible. <laughs> Somehow I recall donuts and prom dresses involved in that visit too. <laughs> and some kind of flaming drink. I, uh, I guess. Yeah, there was I, a flaming drink. Wasn't yeah. that the one where there was like some kind of special coffee or something where they like did this whole big flurry thing of they like did. making the drink and yeah. Yes, they did. Yeah. <laughs> It was incredible. And so I just want to take a moment and thank you so much, not only for joining us today, but also for being so wonderful to work with, with our our Zoom and giving us such a fun, fun project to work on. I mean, I felt like we were all elves and yes. <laughs> working on things behind the scenes. And, and I knew, I knew when sort of the idea popped, like it was a conversation that just sort of evolved into this spectacular idea and I knew you'd be game. <laughs> well, thank you. And I I really want to thank all three of you, Tracy, Ginger, and Laurie, for this podcast. I it really connected me during the pandemic. And I think I I texted Tracy a couple times. I'm like, I'm in tears. This is amazing. You did. And I I just really appreciated that you you do this, you did this, you introduced me to some people I didn't know. It's entertaining. You guys make me smile all the time. And I just, I also do really want to thank you for inviting me here, letting me be a part of your world and um, for, for putting this podcast together. It's wonderful. Hey, Tracy, why don't you mm-hmm. tell our listeners what issue those quilts are in? Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> I'm like, which issue is it? I, hold on one second. Oh, I got it right here. Fonz and Porter's Quick and Easy Quilts. It's the August, September 2021 issue. I happen to have it open, surprisingly. Yay, I know. I need to explain to our listeners that once I finish the the issue, I can usually not remember what went where. <laughs> I can generally, if you tell me a certain quilt or a designer, I can sort of narrow it down in my brain, but it takes me a minute to sort of go, oh, right, because I'm already on, we just sent October, November to the printer. So I am way beyond that one. But I I do appreciate usually Wednesday morning after the podcast drops, at some point, Michelle will text me if she's been really moved by one of our podcasts. And there was one in particular where she had to pull over. She was driving <laughs> and had to pull over because she was in tears and she needed to let me know that she was enjoying the podcast How enough nice. that it was making her emotional. So well, sorry be- to out you on that, Michelle. No, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> I, It'll be amazing to see how many aspiring costume designers are intrigued and end up in the quilting world now that they've heard your story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I just actually mentored a young student in Pakistan who was doing a thesis project on scraps, and she found a picture I had posted on Instagram. She just graduated with honors. So I, I love doing that. Reach out to me on Instagram. Uh, um, I will talk your ear off about quilts or anything that you want to talk about. Broadway quilts, Broadway quilts, quilts, Broadway, Broadway. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I did also want to say that I learned about that Jay Duckworth medallion on your podcast too. So <gasps> that's right. Nice. Another tearjerker. <laughs> something that was really special. And Aww. I think it was in the magazine and then you interviewed It was. Him. It was. Yeah. Then we had him on the show because I just felt like I, I didn't really do him justice. Plus, I started to see a couple of 
sort of people who were copying his idea and wanted to just make sure that people knew the original yeah. um, because it was so special. And it, you're right. I, I When I was listening to that podcast, so every time we record an episode, we record the episode, then our audio producer, Daisha puts the whole show together and she gives us a copy of it so that we can listen to it and make sure that, you know, it sounds okay. There aren't any edits that are needed or, or a change. Sometimes it's a change. And during, as I was listening to that one, I cried too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there were parts where it just gave me goosebumps. So it's, I know it's going to be a good show if that happens or if I'm laughing out loud as I listen to it. Cause it's funny, you know, it's, it's, it, you, you do the show and then you don't, it, it's not the same experience if that makes sense. You have to, even when we listen to it, we're, we're a listener too. Mm -hmm. I love that. (laughs) Well, I love you, Michelle. So thank you so much for joining us today. (laughs) Thank you guys so much. This has really been fun and I can't wait to hear your next episode. For our final segment, I want to do a little bit of a PSA, and I I want you to just understand that it's coming from the the deepest recesses of my heart, and that I just absolutely love everyone, and I want everyone to get along. (laughs) Are you a middle child, too? (laughs) I'm the the youngest. I'm the youngest, but there was a lot of conflict in my family, so I am a big, I'm a big you know, always want to keep the peace compromiser yep. kind of person. I However, you. I know our listeners are very passionate. And I thought that if I could maybe give you all a call to action, we might be able to make the quilt industry like a, a kinder, gentler place. So this past weekend, as I said in the opening segment, I was away. But on Sunday, I was around a bit. We were getting ready to go to the airport. We had a lot of sitting time at the airport because our plane was delayed. And there were several things that were happening across the industry that to me came off as bullying. Some quilter bullying another quilter, people picking sides on issues and being very vocal on on social media. And it brought back my days of being a cybersecurity mom blogger (laughs) that you know, I remember that, you know, we're, we sometimes say things on social media that we don't say if we were talking to people in person, right? And Lori actually brought a post to my attention that actually had to do with Quilt Maker Magazine. I'm going to be very vague about the details, but someone posted online in a group about my magazine. And I, and I say my magazine, it's Quilt Maker Magazine. And, and she wasn't happy with the, the quilt pattern instructions in, in the magazine. It wasn't her style. It started a whole flurry of comments. Some were good. Some were bad. Some were not very constructive at all. There was one person commenting about a pattern that she claimed she helped a person finish that it implied that it was from Colt Maker. I don't believe it was from Colt Maker. But it kind of started this whole mob mentality. And so there were a couple of things that I thought maybe if I could tell our audience about how things work in our industry and in print industry, maybe you could come to our defense when you see things happen or people comment about things. So I, I want to be very clear that while I work on Quilt Maker and Fonz and Porter's Quick and Easy Quilts, 
I also want you to keep this in mind when you're buying my competitors' magazines like American Patchwork and Quilting and Quilt Folk. We are all, there are people behind every issue that you purchase. And because print is sort of shrinking a bit in, and we're also competing against a lot of free patterns that are online, we don't have big staffs anymore. None of us, none of the magazines have a huge staff. And I think our magazines in particular have very small staff. And we have four people. Every issue of every magazine that we produce has 10 to 12 quilt patterns in it. That is approximately 240 quilt patterns that we write in-house every year. The designers don't write our patterns, we do. And there are four of us. (laughs) I just want to really put that in perspective. Four people. And four magazines. And four magazines. Mm -hmm. And when a designer puts on a pattern, they might work on one pattern over the course of a few months. They have pattern testers. They have people who will test everything and make sure that the instructions are correct. And we just don't have that bandwidth anymore. And I know that a lot of the other magazines are also in the same way. But we love what we do, and we try our best to produce something that is a beautiful quality that you will enjoy. And so when someone posts that they're not happy with their subscription or they don't like the patterns that are in a particular magazine and they post online and you see it, I want you to look at it and say, is this helpful? Is it helpful for them to post on social media in a group? Would Can you suggest a simple alternative like telling them to email customer service or, you know, there are just so many different ways. Is it helpful to chime in (laughs) or does it seem like there's a mob mentality taking over and people are, you know, airing grievances that, that make other people not happy. One person had commented about the fact that, you know, they, they had gotten, you know, two magazines back to back and, that's a, that's a subscription thing, you know, like that's the company sending you a bonus and also a different perspective. One of our magazines is $7.99. That's how much our magazines Mm -hmm. cost. And there's 12 patterns and 10 to 12 patterns in each of those, which makes it less than 79 cents a pattern. Yeah, That's amazing. (laughs) So if you have one or two patterns in there that you like, that's wonderful. Like what a value. And then I looked up our current subscription rates. Our current subscription rates are $17.97 for a year. That's six issues per, you know. Wow. And that comes out to 29 cents per pattern. So. So worth it. So so worth it. So so, worth it. (laughs) So I just wanted to say, think about that. You know, I try my best to make sure that there's something for everyone in my issues. And I don't always, don't always hit that. It's all based on what we get submitted, what a theme is, what, you know, if I I try to keep, you know, a little variety in there and we just do the best we can. And I try to make sure that there's things for you to read and things that are interesting. And I know Quilt Folk is the same way. They've got fantastic patterns in there. And, and, And American Patchwork and Quilting does a beautiful job with their magazines. Their photos are gorgeous. So I just wanted to give a little PSA. If you see someone and they're complaining about something in a magazine, is it is it a, an ad? <laughs> is it mm-hmm. a pattern? And if there's something wrong with it, maybe they should let, you know, let us know or let the company know that there's a, an error. 
But well, and be constructive with your criticism. Don't just complain to complain. And sometimes that's what it feels like. So yeah. 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 So I just want people to be a little kinder. And yeah. also it, it maybe it doesn't even have anything to do with this. If mm-hmm. someone's picking on someone else, tell them not to pick on other, someone else. And if you see something in social media that you don't like, you don't need to let them know. We can all not like things and just scroll on by. Right. Yeah. Just go on to the next thing. <laughs> yeah. That's what I try to do. I want us to be encouraging, mm-hmm. encouraging to the next generation. And you have been. I'll speak as the next generation. <laughs> like, honestly, I feel like I have been so lucky because, you know, I, I feel like I'm kind of that pre-quilt police, you know, world of quilting. And it's wonderful. You guys Wouldn't have been be nothing. Nice? So, yeah, nothing but supportive. So I'm hoping I wish everybody could have as wonderful an experience as I've had. And they should. Like, there's no reason why they shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Let's all just be kind. Yes. And we love you, Tracy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And I'm going to try not to take things personally. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. It's hard. And I think people need to keep that in mind. The fact that there is somebody behind that and you take it so personally and, and, you know, you can't be the only one. I do. I try to make everything perfect and I don't, I'm never perfect. Never, ever perfect. And so nobody is. (laughs) Right. Thanks so much for listening to Quilt and Tell. Remember, you can find more information about our sponsors or what we talked about today in our show description. If you haven't already subscribed, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please tell your friends. Thanks for listening and happy quilting. The Quilt and Tell podcast is produced by me, Tracy Mooney, and our executive producer of podcasts is Jared Mayer.